Welcome back to Fun on Weekday. <laughs> <laughs> Abby was saying it kind of sounds like a, like a sex call yeah. voice on here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Fun on Weekdays. I'm Jenna, your host, and today I am with my event planner, one of my event planners from my most recent event, Abby. Hello. Yes, I'm so excited. Abby and I started working together about maybe two months ago now. Two months ago, maybe now, or yeah, five, six weeks, six, seven weeks, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. End of July. It's been, a, it's not been long. It's no. not been long at all, but we've really gotten to know each other over the past <laughs> like month and a half because we talk all day, text all day and <laughs> all day. getting everything ready for the event was pretty stressful. My last episode was talking a little bit about that and Abby definitely felt that stress a lot as well, but seriously, without Abby and her team, event never would have happened. And instead of talking about the event today, I wanted to talk about Abby because she has <laughs> an amazing story. And Abby, if you want to kind of introduce yourself. Yeah. So obviously Abby Hillis with ACH Events, my name, Abby Cole Hillis, um, started the event planning gig back in 2016, at least for myself, planned events, um, large events. I used to work with USA Gymnastics a lot on a contract basis. They have events all over the nation where they bring coaches together and teach them how to coach and how to be better judges and all of that jazz. And so I'd help put their big, huge conventions on. And I knew I always had a knack for events. And so, yeah, 2016 decided to start my own thing. And then the rest is kind of history. It all kind of unfolds from there. I have, I live in Round Rock, which is about 30 minutes north of Austin. I have an amazing husband who goes by Hillis, our last name. So if I refer no to way. him, yeah, it's always a thing when I like, Hillis, we'll, inter- Hillis. well, that's what people think. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. His name is Kieran. But like, we call him Hillis because we've known each other since we were 13. Oh, we love that. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not high school sweethearts or anything, but just friends. And okay. um, he was my brother's friend. I have Ooh, four brothers. <laughs> my best friend's brother is the one for you. <laughs> Oh my God. Good story. Okay. Yes. And so, um, anyways, yes, he goes by Hillis. His name's Kieran, but no one calls him that cause it's an impossible name to pronounce. And then I have a little son who's four years old. His name's KJ also Kieran, but we call him KJ for ease of again, pronunciation. Um, and he's the light of my life. He's the best kid ever and hilarious. And I am super blessed to have such a chill, awesome, easygoing kid for real, like super blessed. I, I want to meet him so bad. Oh, he's like meeting a, an adult. It's the craziest thing. Like one of my florist friends came over yesterday and she's like, your child just talks to me like he knows me and like that this is just a normal way. And I'm like, I know, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know how that happened, but I'm super fortunate. Like well, it's really it awesome. Makes, it makes a lot of sense knowing you. I can only imagine that he's just like a little mini you. Yeah, so probably. You, <laughs> so you got into building your own event planning company in yes. 2016. It's called ACH Events. So now you mainly do, what kind of events do you all kind of take on? Well, we were doing everything prior to COVID. Then COVID pretty much the only events that were happening in 2020 and 2021 were weddings, Mm -hmm. people trying to still finish tying the knot after (laughs) thinking they were going to in 2020. And then some did at the end of the year, most did in 2021. Um, But then since then, I would say like the, like, since like December, this past December, events have really started picking up corporate wise. Um, So doing corporates, like we just this past May did a three day corporate retreat for a private equity firm out of San Fran. So they sent all of their employees down for a fun week in Austin. 
Fun. And they had fun on weekdays, yeah. actually. <laughs> Love it. It was awesome. Like they, we, we, we had like a lake party where boats like pulled up and they could go in and out of Lake Austin on boats. I mean, it was every day they got to do something. We did a buyout at Bangers and. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mechanical Bangers bowl. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Now I mean, we're, we're giving them the Texas treatment. Yeah. So we, I mean, things like that are picking back up now, but weddings I would say are the most consistent okay. portion of the business. Um, just because. Weddings are always happening. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a million happening in Austin and even around. We've been kind of expanding. And so, yeah, it's just Ooh, we're, we're con- expanding outside of Austin. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like um, Colorado. We just did that last. I was was that last weekend. Yeah, that was last weekend. Oh my goodness. And then um, last summer I did Cabo. It was beautiful and amazing. Ah. Yeah. So trying to just we're doing a styled shoot in October in New York and trying to like expand into the New York market. So, you know, just. So exciting. We want to travel. Like, we want to make this, like, a thing where we aren't just just in Austin. Not yeah. that it's bad to be in Austin, but, like, to, we want to travel, and we can do it and make it part of our business. So that's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, exactly. And it, oddly enough, I actually know this girl who lives in Austin. She, like, hosts events in different cities, and she yeah. needs a planner. So I Oh, my I, gosh. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. But Let's chat. With so much expansion, though. So, obviously, you have to bring on people onto your team to help you guys expand and bring new markets. Um, how is that, like, managing employees and hiring people? There's a lot of girls who are like, how did you get into event planning, Jenna? I'm like, I'm not really in it. Yeah. I'm not really. But we can hear from somebody who actually is <laughs> and exactly kind of what you're looking for when you are building a team or you're looking to hire someone. Yes. So I think it's an incredibly vulnerable thing to be an entrepreneur and expand a team, um, especially if you're kind of learning as you go, like I have. I mean, I have, I, I went to college, I got a sport management degree, but like you don't really learn how to be an entrepreneur in college, I mm-hmm. guess, like unless I guess you majored in entrepreneurship, which I didn't know that that was going to be my calling at the time. Um, so a lot of it is learning as you go. And I'm also fortunate that my husband is an attorney and has a degree in business and a law degree that can help a lot of times in business. Yeah. So having that at my disposal, constant disposal of asking questions and just bouncing ideas, I think he's a huge part of keeping the business like in line of success and making good decisions and not like, I'm also probably a pretty knee jerk reaction person and he helps me kind of like take a step back and be like okay let's like let's talk through things and like what makes sense so I would say like there's an aspect of that and then there's an aspect of just genuinely finding the right people Mm -hmm. Um, I've not hired the right people and I think a lot of people see my business now and if they've only known me for the past like pretty much since post-covid they think that I just run this incredibly successful business and now I do but I don't know that I would have called it incredibly successful um, back in 2019. It was doing great. I was I was going full time and like all of, you know, I would say by definition, it was great. But I also hired someone and then struggled to pay her appropriately because I didn't structure it in a way that was in line with how the business cash flow was operating. Okay. But like I didn't, you know, you don't know until you know. And then it turned into me being like, this was a great opportunity, but I'm so sorry, like the when the money ends, like there's no option. Yeah. Like I have to make changes and decisions. And so now I think when you make mistakes, the best part is, is that you, it's the best way to learn because like, you know what not to do, mm-hmm. you know, like even talking, like listening, what you had to say, like last episode of like, it's, 
you when you make mistakes or you realize like oh my god I like drug myself into the ground on this like by making this happen you like look back and you're like what do I do and what do I put in place now to make sure that that doesn't happen again mm-hmm. and I don't find myself in that situation again so I I don't know I don't mind learning by mistakes because I feel like one, I'm a type A personality and I feel like sometimes I have to. Um, I'm better at doing it myself and learning the hard way than listening sometimes. Oh my God. Yeah, same. Except for <laughs> you, you are like so organized with it. When you say like learning from your, your from your mistakes, I envision Abby sitting at a computer making this like giant ass like 10 sheet <laughs> Excel page, like really, really setting herself up for success next time. Me, I'm like, uh, it didn't work out next time. Just don't do it again. But you are so organized. You're so organized. Um, I'm really good at organizing other people's like mine though uh no I'm just kidding I mean I try it's something I'm actually working on is organizing my own life as much as I organize other people's lives yeah that was going to be one of my questions because obviously working in event planning you are spending so much of your life planning other people's lives being a part of their lives yes how do you make that separation to like still live your own life with your husband and with with your son and your friends yes so I was even self-reflecting listening because I was, I was listening to your episode from last week and like self-reflecting and like figuring out like, what is, what is the key to like, because everyone's success is different. Like what is my key to my success? Mm -hmm. And like, I think I'm okay with waves. Like I think I'm okay to spend a month going balls to the walls, planning an event like yours. If I know that it's going to be like worth it and it's going to be successful. And so I think like the important thing is just like everything in life moderation, like it's not sustainable to do that month to month to month. Right. Like that's absolutely not sustainable, but like I look back on it and there's not one part of me that regrets it. Like, you know, I'm like everything about it was amazing. It was a chance for me for the first time. I was actually, you guys not there for the actual event, which was gut wrenching and awful. We Uh, (laughs) FaceTimed. We FaceTimed at the end of the night. At the very end. Yeah. It was amazing. But Riley from our team was, and she was your person all day long and she rocked it. And, uh, it was a very, it was a good time for me to grow of letting go like grow Mm -hmm. in letting go. Um, as a business owner, talking about growth and le- and hiring people and hiring the right people yeah. has a lot to do with it. And aligning yourself with the right people has a lot to do with, um, I think, expanding in a successful way and growing in a successful way. Um, but yeah, like, I think with, I just like banged on this couch so hard, <laughs> whack. Um, I just, I, I think with with expanding and growing a business and with just trying to like also maintain a lifestyle that is healthy. I think it just comes in moderation and it ebbs and flows and there's waves and there's intense times of business as an entrepreneur. And then there's times where like the month of July was kind of low key for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got to enjoy a lot of time with KJ and balancing that. And so when I have those moments, I just try to soak those up. I have a really good friend um, that I've known for a long time. Who's a successful realtor in Austin. And then she just goes, she never stops. Like I think of her as the energizer bunny. And I ask her, like, I, she's like a really good person that I lean on. Cause I ask her, I'm like, how do you not feel guilty as a mom? Yeah. Like, how do you not like, it's a constant question of like, am I showing up as a mom, wife or business owner right now? Like every second of the day. And like, how do you not feel guilty when you're not showing up as a mom and you know that your son needs you? And she like always tells me, I just soak up the moments that I have. And like, if you can be fully present in the moments that you have, then like the moments that you're not there are a little bit easier because you know you had those more precious moments. But like, it totally hit home when you were like, if you feel like you're good at everything, you're not great at anything. Mm-hmm. You know how you said that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and like, that's exactly like, 
I, the struggle to a T, but like, if you can just show, I'm trying so hard to just show up like a hundred percent in the moment, like this morning, just like trying to be here and just be like, shut off everything else and just like soak in what you have in like each given hour and moment, because like, you don't know when it's going to be your last or like, you don't know what's going to come next. And like what next phone call is going to bring whatever wrench in your day that you have, you know, like, and so just trying to be more in the moment and not so like, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's really easy to get caught up in what's next when you're excited about what you're doing, Mm -hmm. because I'll like, you'll be doing a project and then your mind kind of wanders to something else that you want to work on so bad because you're excited to do it. And I agree with you. I do think that especially events specifically, it does come in ebbs and flows in the way that it's like, okay, you have one and a half months or two months that you are planning nonstop. Like it is brutal you're like hardly sleeping you're texting all day you're like you're just you're doing so much and you're wearing yourself so thin and then the month and then the event is over and then you have like a couple weeks where you're just kind of chilling you get to be yourself again and then you're like wait I'm bored I'm bored I kind of want to like put myself through torment again and so I liked what you said about how you have to choose every day of showing up for as a wife, as a mother, or as an entrepreneur, but the one thing you didn't mention was showing up as Abby. <laughs> so how do you how do you show up for yourself? Do you find that it's hard that you are just constantly spreading yourself to so many people that you don't give yourself to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Geez, Jennifer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god! I see your I see your mouth like quivering because like this is cheer- like truly like I think something. I'm just like whoa. it's okay we're allowed to cry so in your next life you can be a therapist and ask her all the all the right questions um no but it's just like something I'm working actively on um I think the being present thing is like choosing to be present for yourself you Mm -hmm. know like I have a really bad memory um some will say that it got worse like after my wreck that I had like a year ago I had a really bad wreck um but I also think that some of it's just because I struggle at being present. Mm-hmm. Um, God, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Um, the water, I, This is what I will say. Waterworks will come and they come for a reason to just like process them and let them happen instead of like trying to fight them. I don't think that fighting them is the solution. I have learned that because I like, <laughs> you can only be a superhero for so, so long before you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think showing up and and showing up for yourself first and foremost is incredibly hard and I think when you come from a background of just a lot of abuse of just different varieties of abuse it causes you to just kind of go into survival mode and that becomes like your most safest form of living because you know that like you can just you just I don't know, like you just, if you don't pay attention to what's going on around you and you just kind of keep moving through the motions and you don't have to accept anything that's going on around you, I guess is the best way to articulate that. Um, And so I'm learning that like by being present, there is like a level of like almost vulnerability of slowing down and like spending time for yourself, whether it's like, I mean, like last night I was, there's some things that happened yesterday and I was just like, I just feel this energy inside of me, like it needs to get out. And I went for a run and I haven't gone for a run in months, but I just like had this feeling Mm -hmm. And instead of being like, no, I need to go to bed or like, I'm not going to do that. Like I listened to my body and I listened to myself and I was like, I'm going to go for a run. And it was the best thing ever. And, um, I think especially people who've experienced an, a, a, a good amount of trauma in their life, they struggle with putting themselves first because it's a constant 
pressure on, am I, am I worthy enough mm-hmm. for just like safety? Am I worthy enough for like peace? Because like all I know is chaos or all I know is fighting for myself. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a little question, but like it's an everyday process for me right now. And it's weird to me. Like I'm learning it at 32 and I list, listened to your episode like last week and I'm like, dang, she's like, you have a, like, it was good perspective of like, wait, 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 I need to pump the brakes. Like, this isn't good for me. This isn't healthy. And I'm like at 32 and I'm like, okay, wow. I'm kind of wish I would have learned this earlier, but like, it's okay. Like, well, it's no time is like the present. So we'll just, you know, go with learning how to put yourself 30 at put yourself first at 32 with a mom and, and having to be a mom and a wife. Like I'll figure this out. So it's just, I think it's just a constant battle, but I'm sure most people could probably relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of figuring it out at 24, trust me, I have not (laughs) figured it out. I think that no matter how old you are, like probably even my grandparents are still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like I just don't, I don't think anyone ever fully has it figured out. And I think growing up, maybe you had like people in your life that you looked up to and it always seemed like they did, but now you're their age when you're looking up to them and you're like, holy shit. Like, I don't think anyone knows what is going on in life. (laughs) And especially when you add another human into the world and now you're trying to care for another person and raise them into this person that they think that you have it all figured out. (laughs) Like, I'm sure that's really, really difficult. And I I would love for you to speak about like just motherhood and how that has like Mm. really affected just your life, your relationship, and also like your career and just, you know, everything. Because I've, I haven't had many moms on this podcast yet, but I know that motherhood from what I've heard at least is, is a pretty like difficult thing. It is difficult. I would say it's also the greatest blessing if you let it be. Um, there's definitely highs and lows. I have so much experience working with kids that for me, like now as we're stepping into this, like, I don't, I, I, he like acts like a young adult. I don't even know what to call it. Like the <laughs> young adult phase. Yeah, at four years old. <laughs> um, but like, it's my, my time to shine, I feel like. And I, I think the first year was quite possibly the hardest year of my life for multiple reasons. Um, learning to be a mom to a thing that cannot communicate is so strange to me. Like I, this thing needs me and has real hundred percent reliance on me, but like, I don't know what it needs. All the only form of like, I knowing it needs something is by crying and like this. So for me and my literal self, like that, the first year was very, very hard. I would say it continues to be much more rewarding. And I think every mom will, you know, have their own experience. Like some love the newborn stage and hate the toddler stage mm-hmm. and, Mine was the opposite. Um, I The one thing that, like, comes to mind with motherhood that I would say that it's taught me and, like, taught me how to be a better mom is just, like, the word grace. Like, you have to have grace with your kids. They Like, every every day, like, when something happens, I remind myself, mm-hmm. you've literally only had your brain for four years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, it's crazy because he can articulate sentences and emotions and feelings and, like, tell me about something that happened in his day. But the reality is, is, like, although – is like he's at this like rapid growth because kids are incredible at that. It also doesn't change that like I have 20 years of experience on him of yeah. life, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's easy to like get frustrated when a kid doesn't listen or doesn't do what you tell them to do or does just doesn't understand the full capacity of what life is going on around them. Mm-hmm. But then you just like you learn to have grace and when you have grace with them, it teaches you to have grace with yourself and like you're never going to be a perfect mom. Um, like I look back and like the decisions my parents made and I know that they were trying the best that they could 
given like cards that they were dealt and like given the education that like they had access to in terms of being a parent like we just we have an overload of information as a parent now like we know so much about mental health and how our actions impact the development of children and we can either create these amazing human beings to go on and take on the world or we can be the reason that they have so many issues and it's like trying to like balance of like you know setting boundaries and teaching them hard lessons but then also like letting them fly and letting them learn things on their own and um I think it's having grace with yourself and like with I specifically KJ I think it's just something that's like the biggest thing that I've learned in motherhood is just grace because I just never had it for myself and others it's I think for others too like it's just kind of been an all-encompassing theme Um, so you mentioned that your husband is in he is in law attorney yep okay so how does that schedule kind of look for your guys's family Oh, you are full of them. I know, I know. I'm full of so many questions. So as many of you know, or maybe you don't know, Fun on Weekdays podcast is sponsored by Macy's. And I have been in New York City for the past couple of days. While being here, Macy's invited me out to be a co-host on their live shopping stream on their website. In preparation for the live stream, I went to the Macy's in Herald Square If you're ever visiting New York, you have to go to it. It's iconic. It is huge. They have the largest shoe selection ever. I actually ended up finding a pair of heels for a fashion show, and they were $37. I'll link them on my landing page. But I also got a blouse from Guess and a pair of leather pants that I wore for the live stream. I'll also link those on my landing page. And if you missed the live stream, you can watch it on Macy's.com. We talked about all of our favorite fall must-haves for this season, and it was such a fun experience. I'm so grateful to be working with Macy's, so go check it out on my landing page, macy's.com forward slash FOW for all of the items featured in the live, and if you'd like to watch the live, you can get it on macy's.com. You mentioned that there is an overload of information, and I'm curious if you think the overload of social media and the internet and access to each other's lives and children, um, do you think that creates more judgment, like, as a mom? Because people are now seeing how you're raising your kid, and you know, like, people are posting it everywhere. I think more judgment, and I think it clouds our ability to be the best mom that we can be. And the reason I say that is because I spent I probably the first year of my son's life asking everyone else for advice. Like, what mm. what am I, like, he was very colicky, so he cried a ton, like, for eight what months. Is, what does colicky mean? They just cry. Oh and you God. don't, and you you <laughs> don't know, like, why. I thought you meant like hair colics like yeah like a lot of colics no like that I have one (laughs) to be honest like I probably can't give you the definition of colicky I just know that like it's just like what doctors say when kids won't stop crying babies won't stop crying and there's no like medical like oh this is wrong with him or like there's just nothing it's just like oh this is an upset baby I personally looking back don't think he was colicky and I think he was really hungry all the time and I wasn't producing enough milk to like feed him and I should have had a supplement of formula earlier on because the second we started feeding him real food he became a happy baby. Okay. So it's like again um, going like not knowing sometimes ignorance is bliss I guess and I think the beauty that our parents had growing up and raising us is that they didn't have all the answers. And so it was just kind of like they had to look at us and listen to us. And 
try different things and listen to their gut. And I do think that's like something that if I like any advice I'd ever give to like any new mom or soon to be mom is that like your gut, your women gut instinct that is so innately inside of you is the strongest guidance that you'll ever have as a mother. Like that is, there's nothing else that can trump that. Like you have to listen to that. You have to use it as your guidance because it's there for a reason. And it's like part of like, it's science of that women have that, you know, and like Mm -hmm. mothers have that. And I just think, I ignored a lot of that the first year. And as I slowly started realizing, like, as a mom, I have to just trust my instincts and do what I want to do, not what, you know, everyone's doing on social media or telling me I should do or family members telling me, like, this is the right way. Or, I mean, you have that, too. That's a lot of pressure. Um, And, yeah, I would definitely just say, like, you got to do what's best for you and your family Mm -hmm. and, like, focus on that. And I, I do think that, like, you have to tune out some of the noise that is on the internet and social media. It's it, cause mm-hmm. it can, it can, it could tear you down for sure. Yeah. I think before <laughs> social media, I don't, I, the only reason I think this is cause I saw a TikTok about it. Ironically, when I'm talking about social media, um, but we also had this book in our like guest bathroom in our first floor of our old house it was the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. <laughs> and the TikTok was basically saying, like, before social media, every why does every single mom have this book? And I like, have it. Do yeah. you really? Because yeah. <laughs> I think it's, like, a thing that everyone gets. But, yeah, like, now like you don't really sure. need to because people are just talking about it more, yeah. too. Like, now it's – I will say I always have believed that social media is a blessing and a curse. Like, I think mm-hmm. there's great things that come from social media, like sharing experiences and not feeling like you're alone. You know, like there's a lot, lot of moms on social media sharing a lot of stuff. And I think that's really cool. The flip side of it is also the judgment side that comes from, am I doing this right? Am I doing it wrong? Am I being enough? You know, yeah. does my kid have the perfect backpack for the first day of school? Did I take my purse? Pers- <laughs> you know, like that's what's going on right now. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. How, wait, he's four years old. Mm-hmm. So when do they st- start school? <laughs> the way that I don't know anything. I'm like, are you, well, it's very clear. I'm not ready to be a mother. When do they I start mean, I school? didn't know. You just figure it out as you go, girlfriend. Um, He's got one more year. Okay. So yeah, okay. he'll, he'll go into kindergarten. He's in, he does like pre-K five days a week though. Okay. Right now. Okay. So he does pre-K five days a week. Mm-hmm. That is during the weekdays, I assume. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's his fun on weekdays. Nine yeah. to two. <laughs> Yeah, nine to two. And so and you mentioned earlier that your husband is an attorney. Yes. And so you do the events and events are typically, a lot of them are on weekends. So how do you guys kind of manage your schedule and find time together as a family and time, you know, kind of alone? Cause you need that too. It's a constant, um, it's a constant work of art, I guess, or, you know, just trying to figure it all out. I don't think we ever wake up and we're like, yeah, we just like have this all figured out. I think it's just constantly communicating. We do, we have a monthly calendar and that goes up every month on the whiteboard. And that forces us to go through the days of days. I need him to work from home so that I, if I have like day commitments, like he is today, like I have back to back stuff. And I was like, Hey, just, I need you to be on KJ duty. And so we we're very much a 50, 50 team and it works for us. I don't think everyone works that way. Well, uh, but for us, it works. Um, and then we do weekly, like every Sunday night we go through the week. Okay. Let's recap. Like what's, what's going on this week? What do you need? What meetings do you have? A lot of my meetings are in the evenings Mm -hmm. because people who are planning events a lot of the time want to meet after hours. Yeah. So there's, I try not to schedule more than two of those a week to make sure that I'm home at least two to three times in the evening for like family dinner. And I think that's important. Um, fortunately for my husband, 
it's very easy for him to be home past like 6.30, so he's typically home every evening. Well, you guys, we made it into September. You know what that means. We start breaking out the pumpkin spice lattes. We start breaking out all of our pumpkin-smelling cinnamon candles everywhere. We got our reds, oranges, browns, all of our fall harvest hues, if you will. One of the things that I don't love about living in Austin is that I really don't get to experience the fall season until a little bit later into the year. But for everyone else that is starting to layer, you got your cable knit sweaters, your cardigans, your twill jackets, leather jackets, leather pants, new denim, you got your boots. Oh, I'm so jealous. Fall fashion is by far the best season And if you are looking to stock up or revamp your closet this fall, Macy's has everything you need. You can head over to my landing page at macy's.com forward slash FOW, where I've added all of the things that I wish I could wear in this Texas heat. His job in general is, um, it's, it, we we just, right now we're living a very, I would say just, uh, we're navigating a lot in life Mm -hmm. because he has a political job and, uh. He works for the governor, and there's just, like, a lot of advocacy that I do that's very opposite of what the governor advocates for. And so just, like, having to navigate a relationship that's, um, like, his his job isn't political in the terms of, like, what he does. Like, what he does is, is he's an attorney, and he, you know, represents the law, and, like, that part's not political. But who he represents is, and, you know, I sometimes struggle with disconnecting that, and seeing it as a job and not like an actual advocacy. Yeah, yeah, and like he's not you know in a way like not 100% supporting every single thing that this man says, but it's his duty, his legal duty that he's been hired to do to like support <clears throat> this, you know, man and um I don't think that I could ever take on the job of running the state of Texas. I think it's an incredible state that has such a diverse economy that I would it, it it's a hard job for anyone and I you know, I don't want to say you make this political at all, but our life is very much so like constantly having to reevaluate and constantly having to figure out like the needs that are shifting and the culture and the climate around our state has a lot to do with like what we're having to navigate in our relationship just because if it's intense, like when we had the snowpocalypse, you know, like we all remember that we were going in and out of, of internet and electricity and water and, the state's exploding and my husband's trying to work and like, you know, like, so whenever things are going on in the state, his job becomes much more demanding. Gotcha. Um, and he's the keeper of all of the people don't know this, but I do want to share this because I think it's important that all of you know this as just a point of knowing that the government does, um, they they do have to release their information. So if there's ever any information that you want from the government, um, they do have to release it. Now there's an, uh, act that protects, private information and personal information, um, like addresses and social securities and phone numbers and things like that. But mm-hmm. like basically uh, for the governor's office, he he controls what information is kept inside the governor's office and what is released and what like sh- deems should be, you know, dis- not disclosed because of personal information or whatever. Um, and that to me is really interesting because I think as, as a society we should know and be disclosed yeah. to like what's going on in the in our government. Um, So it's interesting stuff that he does, but it's also, like, incredibly, it's intense to navigate, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, both of your guys' careers are thriving right now. Yeah, they're intense. And (laughs) and, and your kid is four years old. Like, that's a lot to juggle. And I feel like 
the point that you said about you just feel like you're trying to navigate, you're just trying to survive. I feel like a lot of people have felt that way because life just gets chaotic. And amongst all of the responsibilities you have, it's almost like intimacy and time and to just have fun, like just gets put on the back burner because there's just not enough time in the day. So do you think that is another thing that you're trying, you're struggling to kind of navigate as well as just having time for fun on weekdays? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will say, I think I'm trying to just be more intentional about how to work them in together. Okay. Like I, when I look at like my life goals and like things that I want to see myself doing in the next five, 10 years, cause yes, I do that. And I do think it's important to do that. <laughs> um, I, I want my job and my life to be something that's just all in one encompassing exactly what I want. Like if it's, if I'm not, a job is always going to involve work, but if you're enjoying your work and it's what you want to be doing, then it's a lot more manageable. It's a lot more um, approachable and it's, it's man it's just a lot more manageable and so like for instance having the wedding that we had in Colorado I could have flown up on Friday morning and flown back Sunday morning and shown up just on the job and had to be just that mm-hmm. um but it also just so happened to be one of my best friend's weddings um that I've known Aww. since very beginning of college and I just wanted to make it enjoyable so we flew up on Wednesday um, flew back on Monday, allowed us to have all day Sunday to just do whatever we wanted to do in Mm -hmm. Breckenridge and gave us pretty much all day Thursday to do whatever we wanted to do. And so it was like learning, it goes back to like creating the the travel destination markets. Like if Mm -hmm. I do have an event and I want to stay three days after to just enjoy that city, I can do that. Yeah. And traveling is what fills my cup. Like I've always traveled as a kid and that's something that I, I will always be a part of me and always be a priority. And so if I can somehow work that into manifest that into my life, um, I want to do that. So I, speaking of manifesting, (laughs) so after I recorded the episode of just feeling really burnt out before moving into the house, I was like, I am going to go to a wellness resort. So I went to Miraval. Okay. Love Miraval. And Connor and I went to this manifestation meditation class. Okay. And they have you close your eyes. They talk you through the entire manifestation. Like they literally tell you what to do. And basically when you get to the end, they have you walk down this path and envision you passing all of these qualities, all of these things that you need, all of these goals that you have Mm. and qualities, whatever. And once you get to the very end, they have you like envisioning yourself turning around and then they're like, Imagine that you already have every single piece that you need in order to make this happen because you do. And then at the end of it, I, well, I genuinely felt like I was high. It felt like I was hallucinating, (laughs) but I was like, oh my God, they're right. Like they are right. The thing that I manifested was like letting go of people's judgment and having confidence in myself to just not care what people say. And as I was thinking through it, it's like all these things that I wanted. Like I did have that at one point in my life. I did have confidence. I did have I don't even know what the word is grace for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you look back at qualities that you do have that you can bring into your life, traveling is one for you. You're going to manifest it. You you had it before, (laughs) you know, the qualities you need and the life that you need. So it's going to happen. No, I manifesting is something I feel like is newer in my life Mm -hmm. too. And it's allowing your brain to remove the boxes Mm -hmm. that you put around yourself and that others put around you. And to say like, oh, I don't have to listen to that or I don't like that isn't true, even though I heard it about me or someone saying it or directing it towards me and just being able to just like 
Now I'm going to dream for a second and I'm going to see what I'm actually truly capable of. So important. So important. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think our brains, that's what stops a lot of people in life is that we allow like the boxes to like form the parameters and we need time to just let our brains fly Mm -hmm. and like see what we're capable of because we can literally do whatever we want as long as we're trusting ourselves and we're confident in ourselves and we're filling our cup up and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. But it's a constant walk of life of balance to make that happen. But I do think that manifesting is a huge part to do with it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did think it was kind of cheesy because I'm sitting there and we're sitting in these like weird chairs on the floor. And I'm like, God, if somebody just walked in and they had no idea like what was going on, like it's kind of cheesy. It's kind of embarrassing. And then I'm like, wait a second. That's embarrassing that they would think it's embarrassing. So I, I feel like if you I've, need it, you need it. Yeah. It's what's whatever's good for you. Yeah. And I've started to like really, when I say I've started to embrace that, I mean, like I listen to a meditation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's my first step towards have, living a calmer, you know, more organized life where I'm more present. Um, yeah. But you did mention one of the things that you remember about your childhood. And I know growing up, you were a gymnast yes and being a gymnast and your experience with that has definitely shaped a lot of your life and also I'm sure has a lot to do with your husband's role currently so I would love for you to share your story yes so I was a gymnast the typical uh intense like high performance gymnast that like existed I would say back in like like 1996 was what most people remember of like the most monumental Olympics for USA Gymnastics because that was like Shannon Miller and Dominique Mochiano and Dominique, well, I don't know, maybe some people don't remember, but that was like the turning like point. Biles. <laughs> yeah. Well, like that was the turning point because that's when like the Carolis had come over and they started creating whatever USA Gymnastics was. So it was like this huge boom in gymnastics and I was a part of it. And um, Wait, I, for, the, for the Olympics? Well, no, I wouldn't say for the Olympics, but, like, I was just hu- a huge part of, like, this drive that, like, oh, these, gotcha. little, these little human beings can become these, like, extravagant, yeah. like, and it, for a long time, gymnastics was just, like, Russia and Romania. Okay. And then, like, when the Carolis came to the United States and started what is a lot of, I don't want to give them credit of what USA Gymnastics is because they're really not good people, but, um, like, they created what it is now and, like, creating all of the clubs around the nation and getting little kids into gymnastics okay. and doing all of that. Um, and there's this culture around gymnastics that, like, you know, you, 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 there's a potential that you could be the next big thing in an Olympian or elite gymnast. Um, and then uh, collegiate gymnastics got really started getting really big, and now it's even bigger. And now they have primetime television on Friday nights mm-hmm. for NCAA, which is so cool and not something that existed, you know, five six years ago. And it was like we just we worked out 25, 30 hours a week as a ten year old. Like, it was a full-time job. I didn't go to school full-time. Um, my parents dropped me off. I'm one of five kids. So, like, my parents didn't have time to just sit at the gym and watch me all five hours of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, in the summers, I went twice a day in the morning and in the afternoon. It's crazy. It's, it just feels like you're overworking your body, like, so much. And it kind of goes back to, like, that chaos that I find comfort in is, like, I was constantly just, like, go, 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 like, as a kid, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'd go to school. I'd leave early. I'd go to the gym. I'd get home. I'd barely make time for homework. I'd go to sleep, get my, like, maybe six or seven hours of sleep and turn around and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing this starting at, I mean, I started at five, but, like, I think the intensity really started at, like, eight and nine. Okay. And then you're just, your parents just kind of, like, trust the process and trust the system and unfortunately, the system was is and was very broken and still is and is still a fight that we're all still trying to fight of uh, abuse. And I think a lot of sports have this issue where there's people in power who abuse their power. Um, 
And the culture around gymnastics is just very abusive still towards the athletes. And it's just like they look at us as machines Mm -hmm. and produce, 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 produce. And they forget that we're kids and that even now, like, you know, we've tried USA Gymnastics has tried to clean shop and tried to change a lot of things. But the reality is the same people are still running it internally. People don't know that. But there's, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to dive into all of that is USA <laughs> Gymnastics because that's a nightmare in and of itself. But um, well, I, I personally find it fascinating. It's insane like, what's fascinating. happened. With, gymnastics with is always my favorite to watch on the Olympics. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. And when that movie came out, because I remember everything that was going on with Larry Nassar. Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember when that was all breaking news. And yeah. then um, what's that movie called? Athlete A. Athlete A. When that yeah. movie came out, it was like a couple months or maybe like a year after like the media mm-hmm. had kind of covered it. Mm-hmm. And I think it really shook everyone. They're like, holy shit, what? Like, how was that happening? And I'm sure there's like other abuse also that's happening like mm-hmm. in gymnastics. But growing up in an environment where you're taught that you'll never be successful unless you push yourself so freaking hard every single day. I'm sure that's really like damaging as growing up as an adult and now how you are looking at raising your kid. Oh, 1000%. It's, it's so, it's such an intense culture because if you're not an elite, the mindset is you're trying to get a perfect 10. And the reality is in life, you can never achieve perfectionism. So like teaching a child at a young age that there's this like strive to get a perfect score when like the reality is, is like the 10s are never given out. I was going to say, you know? how like, often do they they're ever never, get a 10? Ever. It can be like, so perfect. It's like 9.8. In college, they are. Like judges will be a lot more like lenient, but that's a completely different environment than club and growing up and going through like the whole system. And it's weird. I would call it a system, but it really <laughs> is a system. Like that's what it is and still is to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're just, you're, you're, you're never enough. You're never performing at the capacity in which a coach expects you to. And it's weird. Um, coming from males because it's a different complex that I think as females we get when it comes from males. I mean, Mm -hmm. I got it from both sides. Like I was told, I think at age 12 to go on Weight Watchers. Oh, what? I was weighed like, Oh my God. Religiously. And if I gained a pound, it was your fat. You're not like, you're not working out enough when like, you know, kids go through ghost spurts and they go out before they go up and then they thin out, you know, like it's a natural thing. And anytime I was about to hit a growth spurt, I was chunkier and it was, you know, I mean, uh, I should say that with like a huge asterisk, like that was not chunky. You weren't actually, yeah, but chunky. In, in relation to what they were, they were measuring you as, right? Trust me, girl, you do not want to see me. There is a picture of me wearing a speedo one piece and Hilton head on family vacation. It is so tight. There is a ring around my belly oh button my suction. So I feel you. That's a it's, normal thing for kids. Like, yeah, you get fuller and then you grow up. When but, I'm watching KJ go through it and like I see him, like I see his cheeks all get like chunky and I'm like always about to like probably grow a whole inch or something. And it's like, it's, it's a, it should be a good, beautiful thing and not like this, uh, like yeah. just awful Make it thing. Stop. Yeah. 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 And so that was just the culture. It was just, you were, you were never enough. Um, it was very, very emotionally abusive. Um, I had a coach who was, um, I don't want to get in the thick of it. There's a whole Texas monthly article about what he did, but I mean, he was just incredible, incredibly inappropriate. I had, there was a fashion show where we put on his ex-wife clothing and like, um, it was like humorous to him and like, like unknowingly you didn't know this was um we just thought it was funny at the time and like yeah. looking back like how inappropriate it is like knowing as an adult that that's so wrong yeah like we I remember the kid. like 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've since connected with his ex-wife and, like, recognized the abuse that she endured her entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's now spoken out about her experience of being married to him and then divorcing him and the gaslighting she went through. And, um, you know, it was it, it was the female coach was the coach that told me about Weight Watchers. Like, it wasn't even just the males. It was just the culture. So having that as, like, a basis um, and growing up with four brothers and a dad who traveled all the time – my experience with men in general was just like a lack of respect. Like I was just how it was supposed to be. Um, and then I went on to go to A&M and did college at Texas A&M in College Station and was assaulted there multiple times. And now after all of the years of therapy that I have finally found and understood and everything that like part of like the reason I was assaulted multiple times was because I didn't have the, I didn't, have it inside of myself that I deserve respect from men a hundred percent because my experiences was like, it was just okay that people treated you like that. Cause that's just how it is. Like men just don't respect people. Mm-hmm. And like, that was just my experience. Like they're always going to have authority over you. Um, like my coaches did. And you know, I mean, when you're the only girl in a family of four brothers, it's a fraternity yeah. and like, it's nothing that wrong that my parents did. It's just the nature of the dynamics <laughs> of having a big family. And, um, it caused me to like not have a voice in times where I needed to have a voice. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like this is just how this goes. So, you know, in 2018, when the Me Too movement's happening and I'm learning like what abuse is and recognizing all of that, it's, I've gone through therapy now and I'm learning just like so much of like what comes with trauma and what comes from abuse and just like to process it and learn about it, but then like let it, set you free Mm -hmm. which is why I started my podcast of just like learning that like I think like the beauty of like anyone who's walking so I I get emotional because I'm so passionate about this oh I'm gonna I'm getting emotional too (laughs) but like um it's just I feel like when you're in the thick of like processing trauma like unsure of like the purpose behind it because it's like hard to rationalize why why you would have any trauma like no matter what it is and I always remind people, like, trauma isn't being assaulted only. Like, trauma is, um, like, not knowing when your next meal is going to come from. Like, that's also tra- tra- traumatic in the definition of trauma. And so, like, just anytime you have trauma, like, I think we, so, like, it, it breaks us. And so we're, we don't know how to come back from that. And, like, who are we? And, like, what is our identity? And, like, all we know is how to live life due to these traumas. And there's so much beauty and, like, finding the next like chapter in life and like recognizing that like I can talk about my trauma and I can talk about all that's happened but then also kind of just be proud of the story that I I have and like however it is most healthy for me to deal with it and process it and share it if that is part of it like to do that I think I've gotten a lot of like I've gotten a lot of kickback on like being vocal about my abuse like from the gymnastics world, there's a lot of people who think our coach wasn't abusive that I specifically call out. And he was like, and he may not have been abusive to every single person, but it doesn't mean he wasn't abusive, you know? Mm. And I've gotten a lot of ridicule on just like speaking out in general and it's attention seeking as a survivor to do that. And the reality is, is it's incredibly healthy for me Mm. because I know that my voice has helped so many other people that I'm like, if there's a few people that have an issue with it, like I'm, I'm going to show that like there's a graceful way to do this and I want to do it in that way. And I want to also provide like the light and like 
be able to carry myself like people you know you knew this partially going into like part of who I am as like a person in my advocacy and like I'm learning that can just be a part of my life mm-hmm. like it's okay that part of my business is people knowing that like I'm an advocate for survivors mm-hmm. like that can be a part of who I am it doesn't have to be a disgrace and it doesn't have to be a scarlet letter like a lot of times society makes you feel like it is um and like you feel like it's kind of like a stamp now everyone's like oh Abby she's an outspoken survivor you know in a way but like I think there's a very small percentage of people that feel that way. And also those people are not people that you would want in your life regardless. Right. I think learning too that we try so hard to please people that we don't even like. Why? Literally why? why? And anybody who is saying that you are too outspoken or too loud or you're too opinionated or you're too powerful, any of those things, like those are just people that are intimidated by you and you don't want people like that around you. Totally. Totally. And I'm learning that now, you know, go ahead and go one star my podcast, all that you want. Like if that's what gives you like satisfaction and feeling like you fought back to me, like that's, that's not, like I have to remind myself like how people react to my words is that's on them, mm-hmm. not me. Like as long as I, I take it from a perspective of I'm being respectful, I'm being honest and I'm telling my story. Like that's all that I can do. Yeah. Like I don't have to be an asshole about it. I don't have to like, as long as I'm not telling lies and, you know, there are people that think I'm telling lies and if that's what they, they think I want to spend my time going around telling lies, like that's <laughs> totally on them. And that's an odd thing to think, you know, <laughs> like, it's just, I'm learning. Like, it's just, I want it, I want other people to see that like, there's pride in like who you are, no matter what it is that comprises of you, you of like, whether it's loss, you know, you've experienced a ton, experienced a ton of loss in your life. I think that that's a pretty consistent thing that people have that causes them to shut people down and like kind of become like emotionless. And um, like that can be a beautiful thing that you share with people. And like, there's a lot of growth that can come from loss. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I think when I was thinking about like what I wanted to make sure that like I got across anytime I, I may take it a point to, you know, do a podcast or to speak, like I want to have like a point. And the point that I like just don't want to miss today is that, no matter what your past is and no matter what has happened, like there's beauty in it and there's like so much goodness in it. And like, I know I wouldn't be who the person I am today if it wasn't for all of the hardship and the setbacks that I went through, because I have dreams of like going and doing stuff that like, I know that will truly make an impact for a lot of other people. And I want to do that. And I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't have this experience. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. Like there's a really great thing about that. So like when I'm in the, when I was in the thick of it, did I have that, clear foresight like absolutely not but like if I could be a voice that like get someone to put their shoes on today and like put one foot in front of the other like that's my goal Mm -hmm. well thank you so much for sharing your story too (laughs) it's very powerful I think anyone listening probably feels the wave of emotions that (laughs) Abby and I both feel today I think there's a very very powerful message behind all of it and how it ties into just the greater theme of life in general and our first conversation that we had about just like your career and your family but also knowing that like how you your experiences growing up really do shape your future and you are a perfect example of using those to like create the life that you do want and learning from that um and so you said that you do want to help others and I wanted you to share what you're able to do with the uh with tech with A&M right the bill that was passed Yes. So, um, we did, so I guess like a quick backstory. So in 2018, when the Me Too movement was really, really, really intense, like there was all of the, um, 
I, there was like so many women coming forward I, from all different avenues of life on and media was covering it like crazy um a lot of people that also meant on social media and then I, when I say that social media is a blessing and a curse it was a blessing in the sense that I found a group of women they were all a lot younger than me um I was the only one from like 2010 that had a story of assault at AM. but all of us basically were able to find each other on social media we started a Facebook group it exploded overnight and there were just hundreds of people saying like hey, me too, I had this awful experience at A&M and they did absolutely nothing about my assault. And um, according to A&M, I will just say like, according to A&M and the City of College Station and the medical facility that I went to after my assault, it's as if my assault doesn't exist. Um, you can't even find my rape kit. It's like not in my medical records. So it's just like everything about my assault was just completely like, it, it wasn't documented, it wasn't handled correctly. And granted, this is 2010, and, you know, in 2018 is when the true, like, big movement started happening, and I think people started seeing that there was a need to have protocol and procedures. And so the group of us basically just got loud as hell on social mm-hmm. media and demanded from A&M that, like, they sit down and they look at their policies and procedures, and they – A&M is a very prideful school. It's a very cultish school, but it's a very prideful school and a very, like – I mean, if you're an Aggie, you're an Aggie through and through. Like, I'm a second-generation Aggie, and it's like my parents were like, you're going to A&M, like, if you're not doing a gymnastic scholarship, and just the culture around it. And so all of us growing, you know, graduating from all of that, we're like, A&M can be better. They can do better. Like, they're, yeah. a, they're a leadership school, and they pride themselves in leadership. And so we were like, they can be the leaders in changing this. And so we helped them rewrite the policies and procedures, and then Congressman Ted Poe, God bless that man. He's an incredible human being. He's no longer um, on Capitol Hill anymore, but he was a great, great politician. He reached out to us. We endorsed the Megan Rondini Act, um, which was requiring that all um, all cities that host uh, public universities have to have a process in which rape kits are obtained and done for all of the um, uh, sexual assaults that happen in that city, which was not something that was mandated prior to that which is crazy she went Megan Rondini is um a gal who went to Alabama and she has her whole story and that the act was in her name um so we did all of that and just basically I learned from that the voice that you have when you speak up and I think a lot of women have learned that through the Me Too movement of there's been a lot of justice served you know and um a lot of women who have been able to put men who are really and I shouldn't say just men. There, you know, there are both sides that happen, um, all different sides that happen in, in abuse. But there are a lot of men who have been leaders in a lot of abuse and powerful positions for a lot of years. And um, it's been really cool to to have a voice, your voice, be a direct impact on making a change, mm-hmm. just in general, whether it's in the collegiate Title IX <clears throat> realm and making sure that. People know what resources they have and what rights they have. Um, And also just like being a voice for someone to feel like they're not alone and sharing the story and finding out that so many of my teammates didn't learn they were abused until they listened to my podcast series Mm -hmm. and then were able to actually fall in love after realizing they needed to work through some childhood abuse with their therapist. And like I had one teammate, she totally... Like, I ended up getting to do her wedding, which was the craziest thing. Yeah, and she was like, I realized, like, there were so many things I had to work through and, like, why I hadn't been able to be in a consistent relationship. And it stemmed from so many things we experienced at kids that I thought was okay. Um, So it's just being able – 
the lies in the box that we were just talking about, like, I feel like that applies to our story too. And like, the more that we just show up as honest as we can be and share and, and help each other and pick each other up and support each other. Like, I just have this belief that like, if we all would just do a little bit more of genuineness and helping of each other, like one tiny little thing a day, the world would be such a better place. But we just, we got to get out of our own box of like what we're supposed to be and be what we want to be. Um, and like, I, that's just, I think incredibly important that we all do. And that's the only way that we're going to be able to like make positive and good change that of things that have been the same way for a really long time. Yeah. I mean, it's a culture that we're having to change. Well, I'm sure helping with that at A&M probably gave you like a great sense of accomplishment and being able to share your story and to make a difference. But, and, and that is like a very like measurable thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have an outcome, but you also have so many people in your life, me included, that your story has like touched me and everyone that's listening to this. And I just want you to know, it really like solidified that when I was looking for someone to work with, like one of the most important things to me is that I just align with them as a person and Mm -hmm. their values. And it was just clear to me from the moment that we met that there was something there. And Today, I'm really, really grateful (laughs) and thankful that we had a moment to kind of dive deeper into it. So I really know the Abby Hillis, (laughs) not just Abby of ACH. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have my business front for sure and my show up for my Mm -hmm. clients front. Um, But yeah, there's a whole different depth to my soul for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you for having me for sure. This has been awesome. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Abby, your podcast, do you still do the podcast? So this is like the first podcast I've even recorded like with anyone in over a year. Oh, um, I know, I know. It's like, I feel like I'm pulling, well, I guess that's not true. I do have a wedding podcast that I, um, I host, but we, we've slowed our podcast way down, but this weddings are very different than talking about personal things. Right, um, yeah. so it's very different to kind of like come on and like, sh- just be vulnerable again with, um, the public. It's just, yeah, it's. It's Loving This Life podcast. Um, I haven't, my last series was Advocating for Athletes where I did um, try to educate people on what a healthy athletic experience looks like and what is not and so that people could be educated in that realm. And I want to do a new season. I haven't, I I have episodes lined up of who and what I want to do, but I'm just still, I want it the perfectionist and me wants it to be right, you know, and have my head space be in the right place too. Um, and also recognizing like, do you, how many guests do you have? And like, how much is it just that people want to listen to what your perspective is and trying to navigate all that? So I, it's not going anywhere. I have like, I, I have, it's a huge part of, um, who I've become. And so it, I just want to do it the right way and do it well. And so it's come like, it's coming. I've been working on it. It's just going to be a process. Okay. Well, you guys heard it here first. You, <laughs> you all really better did. put it in your notes app, put a reminder. Manifesting it now. Yes, And go listen to the first series. If you are interested in all of this talk about gymnastics, I know I am. I'm like, Oh my God, this is all fascinating to me. And it's, it's so upsetting, but thank you again for sharing. Thank you. Thanks and for having me. And, um, I don't know, doing what you do too, because we need more just positive energy and outlooks and perspective and realness. And people, like, I, this is like super honest, but people ask me, like, what's it like working with Jenna? Like, pe- <laughs> like this is a thing that, like, when you are, you have a platform, mm. you know, people want to know 
is she really like are, are these people that we see in social media like the same in person and it's so interesting to me that people think that like you're some different person I'm like you guys I watch her TikToks and I'm like it's literally what it's like to work with her like she's just a fun inspiring has a vision for life that like the event would not have been what it was without your <laughs> impeccable vision and not every event doesn't have to have a ton of balloons and streamers but that <laughs> one though with the vision that we had was bomb and it looked incredible imagine how many lives you changed that night just like giving people a chance to just watch guys dance and sit on top of a ferris wheel while you do it like who gets to you know like that's just it's important we come together and spend time together and just have a good time and in this world. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and like, it's so important and what you're doing is important. So anyways, off my soapbox. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for talking. What's the word? Thank you for coming on. Yeah. I don't know the best <laughs> way to say it, but that is the end of it. You guys, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Abby and understand why she is literally so awesome. And <laughs> we're obsessed with Abby. So I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Woo-hoo. Bye y'all. <laughs>